Hello and welcome to the Current Moments podcast with me, Matt Holt. Not your usual introducer, as uh, Andy tonight has decided to go and eat and drink with people he knows rather than come and record. Uh, but I'm back for EGX 2018, and I've dragged a couple of people with me off the show floor. I've got Ali Cornwall. Hello. And all the way from Glasgow, Stuart Cullen. All right. How are you both doing? All right. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah. No, no, no expo wargy. Have you recovered from the miles of walking over that weekend? No. <laughs> Almost. I've got a healthy lump. <laughs> I didn't realise how much we'd walked. It was like 20,000 steps. About eight miles, isn't it, that we did a day or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the most expansive show, but you do end up walking around a lot. Yeah. A lot. I think it's fair to say we, we had a great time. I've enjoyed it every single time I've gone. Uh, for me... It gets better each year, mainly because I do different things each year. I get more out of it. Um, but what we, what we thought we'd do with this podcast was actually go through what were our three favourite things of the show this year. And I think, Stu, you haven't been on with us for quite a while. Do you want to go first? Games-wise, um, there was a good smorgasbord, but I really liked Travis strikes again. No more heroes on the Switch. Woo! Really? It. Switch, yeah. Um, I'd seen it, and I'm a big Suda fan, and I like No More Heroes, and I went, okay, let's, let's, let's give this a go. So it took me to Sunday morning to get a go at it. <clears throat> and when I went in, I was a bit taken back by the fact that the Switch wasn't in the, the, the standard formation. It was basically... The, the screen and you get given one Joy-Con and told go at it because that's how you play the game is with one Joy-Con um, a bit like an old SNES game uh, or NES game um, and it was really really good and it was a bit taken back as well by the fact that it was a special EGX build of the demo which nobody told us about um, so when you were fighting yeah. it you, you you ran through the level and killed a few guys and you kind of found the ropes and then you come up against a bad guy and when you started fighting the bad guy he started talking about EGX <laughs> and he started talking about Birmingham and he started talking about bits and bobs and you're like okay so then you fought him and when he was about ready to be defeated he went ah well if this was the Gamescom demo you would never defeat me but this isn't this is the EGX demo uh, so you're going to have to try and fight my final form and you run in and you fight him and then at the end there's a bit of banter about how the streets of Birmingham will be safe that night yeah. <laughs> because you've took that swine off it, off them and stuff. Um, and it was a really, really, really nice touch. And again, yeah, it was just no, nobody mentioned it, nobody spoke about it and I think it was probably missed by so many people. Yeah, I mean, thinking back to where that, uh, the Nintendo stuff was, I mean, don't get me wrong, they had a great set of stands and a great mm. offering, but the 18-rated games seemed to be off in that little booth and it were a bit closed in and you just had the, the backdrop banners, but you couldn't see what anybody was playing because obviously they were trying to keep mm. it family-friendly because it was in there, what, with Wolfenstein, was Doom Wolfenstein, in there as Doom, well? Skyrim, Bayonetta 2, Doom. Yeah, so... So yeah, we we never really saw what people were playing, so they didn't shout about that. But that's a that's a lovely little thing to uncover. Mm-hmm. But even like I follow Sudo uh, Suda on Twitter and stuff, and and Grasshopper as well, and not 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 a, a, a sniff or a a whimper or such a thing, you know. 
Um, so yeah, I, I kind of I really enjoyed that because I like the 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 fact that this Japanese dev sat and built a party, a game for a show that he's not at, but at the same time, <laughs> fans will appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I was I was I was a wee bit taken aback with that, and it put a wee smile on my that's, face, and I went, "Oh, that's really good. That is, that's really nice. good." Nice. What else? What else delighted you then? Um, another surprise title as well was Starlink. Um, oh. I know I'd poo pooed that on a previous podcast, um, and said that the Toys to Life thing was done, did mm-hmm. forget about it, but I was really impressed by it. Um, I, I think this game is more than what you're getting told. I think a lot of people are seeing the Toys to Life thing and going, oh, that's Toys to Life. Yeah. And then just going, right, that's that. But when you actually play the game, it seems like it's got a whiff of No Man's Sky, very expansive universe, caster. There must have met about 12 characters while flying my ship. Uh-huh. Um, it was quite cool as well because I got to play the Switch version, so I got to play, I got to use Foxy's ship, but I wasn't able to play as Fox. Um, so is it just a, a, a like a space combat game, or is there... It's a bit like... It, it had whiffs in No Man's Sky and Mass Effect, and the fact that what happened was I, I was given a mission to go to a planet and take out this transponder thing, but then it ended up that there was an ancient monster thing roaming the same planet, so I had to track it down. So you were going for like kind of hovering flight to actual flight flight, which is kind of the thing where you can kind of then go into space if you wish but at the same time you could just fly about and stuff um okay. and it was it was decent um and obviously the gimmick is that you have a wee array of weaponry in front of you and at any point you can pull and strap new weaponry to your ship so you could have like a flamethrower or a laser gun or rockets or a pulse gun or machine gun and stuff and a really cool thing as well but that is if you mount the guns backwards they go backwards on your ship so you can shoot backwards that's very clever. So is that magnets then or something that It's it's basically just we like chip there's like a kind of wee barcode chip. It's right. car- <clears throat> it reminded me a lot of cartridges. And the kind of look you know how they when you look inside an old yeah. cartridge. It's like that kind of strip and they must just click into each other. Mm-hmm. Um and a, a really cool thing as well is that before you even put the ship on you have to select a pilot. So you get a, a wee thing that's like a, a figure that you slide in. And then he got there, become your pilot, and then you slip the the shell of the ship on top of the pilot, and then you start arming it and stuff. And there's there was a hundred thousand menus that you could navigate to do different bits and bobs to your weaponry, which was really interesting as well because obviously it shows there's real depth to it beyond mm. just a buy this, strap this, go here, do that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was a bit taken back by it and the kind of scale and where it was going. You know, um, having kind of seen it at Gamescom, um. Well, was at the Ubisoft booth, but not actually getting hands on. It was a chance to get hands on here, and <coughs> I was like, "Oh, that's 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 actually quite interesting as a as as a thing goes, you know." Cool. That's, that sounds like it's got a bit more promise than than maybe we originally thought. And go on then. What was what was the third thing that uh, surprised you or delighted you about the show? Oh, um, beyond the people, I know we're all going to go, oh, we love the people, the people. It was amazing. We love the people. Um, because that's that's it was a very social show this year, more so than a game show. Um, I think the thing that delighted me was just, see, it's a double edged blade. This, I suppose, 
I like the fact that the indies were there in strength and you actually got a chance to look at the indies. Um, so it was just a kind of ability to go around and see, actually pay attention to the indies on, on display and get mm. to play the games, you know what I mean? Things like uh, Overcooked 2 and C- Catastronauts uh, and Soundfall and stuff, you know. Um, stuff that in previous years I would have looked at and then went, oh, all right, okay, and moved along. Whereas this time I actually looked and because I wasn't in a rush to do anything, I just sat and played yeah. them and stuff, you know. So it was great to kind of sample more in depth than just a, a passing flyby one day, you know. Yeah. Um, I know... I was there with Kayla, my girlfriend, and she um she spent pretty much all her time in the indie section, just phoning about, going from point to point to point, you know. Good good on the indie being there in strength, but in dangerous water of it becoming res part two, I feel, in a way as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I think I agree with you that it was nice that because there wasn't so much AAA there, whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, but it just meant that you weren't queuing for hours to play lots of games. Um, you know, regardless if you manage to jump any queues or get there early and things, there'll be some that you'll queue for a while for. Um, so it, like you say, it was nice that you had more free time to jump on an indie game and you'll walk past and just go, oh, let's have a crack on this. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was good for obviously your standpoint of view because obviously we like to go that wee bit deeper with these guys so we got a chance to talk to them and whether it be doing interviews or just reaching out and stuff, you know what I mean? So it was quite nice to actually have the time to spend with the people, with the guys, you know what I mean? Instead of just a flying, here's a card on your way, you know what I mean? It was nice to actually sit and just kind of dig a bit deeper, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that's um, that's taking one off, off my list as well. That Actually, yeah, that was one of the differences this year. You, you did get to spend that time. Um, and it was anything from... 10 minutes, well, I, I say 10 minutes, actually, it might be 10 minutes, 15 minutes playing a game, and then a 10 or 15 minute chat, so you're getting half an hour. Um, but there were some of them that just oh, went the whole hog uh, and and spent as much time as you were willing with them. I think we were with one set of guys for nearly an hour and a half at one point, uh, the guys who did the Bradwell conspiracy. Oh, God, yeah, we were with them for ages, and they... Yeah, just, and just general chat and and just talking through how how much they know, their experience. It was really interesting, really interesting for us, because we don't get to do it that often, um, and members of the public don't get to do it that often either. So it was great that they were so open. I think I think it's a kind of flip side, but as well, was obviously these guys have got more time in their hands, because I've got a feeling this will probably want to be the worst attended events in a while, because I know, like, just being on show four, I've not seen it that quiet, especially on Sunday. Sunday was very well, sat- quiet. Saturday was sold out. Thursday, Friday were, Thursday was quite quiet as well, if so I'm I think honest. Thursday usually is quite quiet, isn't it? Um, mm. Friday was reasonable. Saturday was packed, but they did say it was sold out Saturday. Mm. Um, and then Sunday, I can imagine Sunday's been a bit quiet anyway. Having that opportunity to to talk to a number of people and uh, and spend that extra time with them. Yeah. Um, and the, the attention they were willing to give as well was really, really eye-opening. I think I learned a lot over the weekend because of that. It's it's it's, a, it's, it's, it's the double doors, isn't it? It's a case of, mm. as an inf- uh, as a, a member of the game and in the press, shall we say, uh, you want to have that time, but then as an indie developer, they want to give you that time because any yeah. spotlight on their product is good spotlight. Of course it is. Um, yeah. So, like, I know like this Sunday I've got about five indie games in it and I guarantee none of them see it coming 
you know what I mean? And it'll be a bit of a surprise when I go, by the way, so-and-so's here. And they'll be like, wow. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't think that they'll see that coming, you know? But it's great to be able to kind of not give it back, but to spotlight them and equal in, in kind of the same breath, you know? Yeah. Whereas in the past, I've done one or two. I remember last year, Bomber Crew was a Mindy spotlight. Um, and then the year before was that game that we shall not mention, Black and White Bushido. Um, <laughs> Which wasn't uh, there this year. No. You didn't get but, beaten again. <laughs> but just because they're just just because they're building the Switch version. So yeah. hopes are high they shall return next year and we can have a fight. Uh, conclusion. Conclusion. Best of three. Um, so it, it's a case of. Again, take it as you will. In past years, I might have been able to, f- to ha- you might be able to do treble away where obviously if it's not there, you're then going to go straight to India, aren't you? Well, I've even got left field collection stuff getting featured. I'm sure somebody will mention Sticky Cats later, but let's just say <laughs> Sticky Cats. Sticky Cats <laughs> almost got the, the, the rosette for being best of show, put it that way. Yeah, we'll come to that then. Um, Ali, go on then. What, um, what stood out for you? Um, three minutes to midnight. Um, that was a game that uh, Andy was on about that both me and yourself, Matt, just <laughs> responded at exactly the same time going, oh, oh, well. um, <laughs> and it was a very strange recording when uh, Andy did that. But yeah, um, didn't really know a lot about it going to the show uh, and it's really, really good. Um, for the, I don't know how long the demo was that they were showing, if it was just a demo, um, but it, it was incredibly well done. Great polish, storyline from what I played was great, a bit insane and, and really funny. Um, so for me, that was kind of like the surprise of the show. Yeah. Something that I knew nothing about other than what Andy was saying on the previous episode, which made me look at it. And then, um, yeah, playing the game and then interviewing them was was a delight. And then uh, my next one is Grip. Again, knew nothing about that um, and really enjoyed playing that. It's a bit a bit mental. Um and I love the fact that they were trying the devs were trying to get to is it Mac One? Okay. Going yeah, around they put, the track. They put a bit of a challenge up, didn't they? They've got a bit of in the yeah, in the dev team they've got um a challenge going for who can hit Mac One in the car and you get a bit of um kudos in the office for doing it. Yeah. And the point I know one of the points when we went over they were trying to do it and they were managing about point eight seven, point eight eight, something, yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was a bit surprised by that. I I didn't know what to to think of it until I sat down and played it, and yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah, be it'd be interesting to see what the full game release is like. But I enjoyed playing it. I love a good racing game. I've got I've got to put a racing game in there somewhere since there was no particular AAA racing game there at all. Um, and then um, again, it was just more the social interaction. Obviously, uh, this is the first year I've stayed over um, because I only live when there's not four accidents on route. Uh, 40 minutes away yeah so most of the time it was like well what's the point when i can just drive to and from and have a decent night keeping me in bed but yeah uh, it stayed over and um those of us who went to the pub to mi- fail miserably in getting food just had a lot of beers and a right laugh <laughs> <laughs> i'll second that i'll second that that uh because it's the first time i've stayed over as well and and having the extra day really really added to it. And like I say, it, it isn't just the in show stuff; it's the out show stuff as well. It's the people you see, the people you meet, and spend yeah, time with. Yeah, and there's a lot of people just cropping up throughout the show. Um, obviously, got to have a bit of time with Colum. Um, oh, I've yes. met him at previous ejects, but it's more in passing. Um, or he hasn't been there in days. I've been in, and he's just been loitering in the pub. 
Um, met a couple of devs that I know off Twitter that we've done interviews with um, when I was on LGR. Um, and then just random people. I think Saltire was there. So Kev had picked him up on Saturday, I think it was. Um, and he was just saying, oh, oh yeah, you're Ali. And I'm like, how do you know who I am? And he goes, oh, I recognize your voice. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was a bit of a surreal moment. But um, but yeah, so it was just it was just a good laugh. I think you both you both said it. It's the the social side, isn't it? It's yeah. It's it's more than just turning up and playing a few games over a couple of days. It's the first. It's, it's the only chance we get to real well, realistically speaking. It's the only chance you're going to get to see theoretically the community that you have on uh, online or through Twitter or whatever yeah. it may be. You know, because um, that's just the way it is. And for what I've saw as well, a lot of people have been saying that's how like they met a lot of their people they play online for the first time at this year's event and stuff. Yeah. So. It definitely, it definitely serves more than the sum of its parts in, in a way, you know. What about yourself, Matt? Um, well, I'm I'm going to say the one that I expected both of you two to say, and I think um, you've just avoided it out of politeness. Uh, but sorry, Hitman Two. Yeah. <laughs> <was. yeah. laughs> as games go, the thing is, it wasn't a surprise how much fun it was. It was just a lot of fun. Yep. I think the. The effort that Warner have gone to to promote that this year, all right, it was in the PlayStation area, but it was very distinct compared to some of the other bits that were in there. That giant duck that was outside dressed as the Hitman, um, you've got all the screens going on inside, and then hiring the actor to be Agent 47 around the stand for, for at least three days. That was just a genius marketing move because he was superb. He was yeah. truly frightening at times. Yeah. But also a lot of fun as well. No, yeah, it's, it's definitely up there for me. I just didn't mention it because if not, it'd just become Hitman cast. <laughs> yeah, it would do. It would do. But no, it was. It was the one thing that we'd, we'd all said we wanted to go and play, and we all yeah. did. We all went and played it, and we all really enjoyed it. So roll on November. Yeah. Um, he, he stole my thunder, the stew, but Sticky Cats, that was the most I laughed during a game in the entire two days that we were there, me, Andy, and Kev just trying to fling a fish around in this cartoon environment. It was hilarious. Whether it would be a longevity in that game, I don't know. But for, for the point we were playing, absolutely brilliant. Just ridiculous fun. That is one game that a lot of people have said how much fun it was. Um, but I just didn't get a chance to play it. So I, a mate of mine attended the show on on Saturday and I just left him with Kev um, and and then he was like oh yeah Sticky Cats game was awesome I'm like god damn it I didn't get to play it yeah yeah no it was it was such fun and like I say in that left field collection you just walking along we just wandered through there and say what looks interesting what is that and that was it, it you know brilliant brilliant fun it, it might not be something that um you put hours and hours into but a few mates sat around just trying to wrench a cat's claws out of furniture and grab a fish. It's just stupid. And it was brilliant. It reminded me of what um, uh, your friends and the kind of execution of it, but at the same time I could see it going, because obviously that became an Xbox indie title back when Xbox and ID, ID was a indie ID. Back when that was a thing, it was the Wild West, a really bad game. Uh, development because some of them were truly good, some of them were truly bad, but that kind of fits that kind of mold, the kind of one pound forty, one pound sixty yes. kind of title, three screens, does. four player co op, nice and easy. 
It's a pity that I don't see it ever making the jump without major development, should we say, to, to consoles, but you'll definitely be able to pick up on Steam and stuff, I imagine, um, quite cheaply. It's worth the punt of a couple of quid if that's what it ends up being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you just said something that sparked me off a little bit there, Ali. Um, a bit of a regret because you didn't get to play it. Yep. Did you have any regrets over the course of the days you were there? Um. Yeah, uh, Disco Elysium. I really wanted to play that. It looked really, really interesting, but the whole stand was packed. It was. Well, it was um, double-sided booth in the res zone, which was quite unusual anyway, that they de- dedicated so many um, PCs to it. Yeah. But you're right, it was it was two or three deep the entire time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but other than that, no, not really, um, because... I got to play most things I wanted to play, um, other than that Disco Elysium that I, I, looked really good. Um, I thought the uh, the the Nintendo area was just a bit of a cluster muck. It was, I mean, there was so much stuff there, but then not enough of other things. Um, like we played Mario Party, and mm-hmm. that, that was really really good. Um, so I kind of a little bit of a regret is not going around that stand more, but time is of the essence a little bit, especially. Um, because we had interviews between us all and different things to do, so your free time on certain days was was minimal, um, and most of the time that was getting a coffee or food if you've got a bit of a hangover, <laughs> um, and you haven't got time just to go through that rabbit warren of all the games. Like you said, all the eighteen ones were hidden away in a little booth. Um, the queues weren't that big unless you wanted to play Untitled Goose Game, which was on one console and. We had a ridiculous queue for it all the time. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? How popular that was. Mm-hmm. And Kingdom Hearts. That had a massive queue. And Metro Exodus, to be fair. I think they yeah. were the ones that had the biggest queues. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's actually my my biggest regret of the entire show. I didn't get to play Metro. It was the one I wanted and said, I was going to play it. But every time we walked past it, it was our 90 minutes worth of queuing. And as much as I really want to play the game, I wasn't at the show to stand in the queue for over an hour. In a kind of weird flip universe way, it's like what would have been a kind of second tier title at a standard EGX became a first tier title. So you found that people gravitated towards that as the premier title. Whereas yeah. I would imagine that would have been maybe second tier realistically. And you I probably would have got a go at it. You know what I mean? It's, it, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think because I think the Metro series has, has started to claw itself up to top tier, and the developers going for it this time. And it has had a lot of publicity. It's had big showings at the other events. It's it's in the gaming public consciousness, even if the main public don't know it. It it had as much attention as Spider Man did. Uh, I mean, the queues for Spider-Man, the only, the only queues, and we've all said this during the course of the weekend, that the only queues that were bigger than, say, Spider-Man's or Metro's were Fortnite's. It, it is a bigger title, and I think we're probably giving it credit for it at the moment. I know what you're saying. No, but I'm not kind of dissing the game. I'm just kind of thinking, like, e- Expo's thrive on the wham buying thank you to come again thing. So, like, your CODs, your Titanfalls, your Racers, your Forzers, do you know what I mean? These these are what these are the kind of pristine crown jewels of these events. But there was none of that. Do you know what I mean? There was, was none of that. So I can't remember. Cod Cod was there. I yeah. apologise. Cod was there. No, yeah, yeah. No, um, I can't remember if it was. But do you know what I mean? It was kind of like there was the, the, these kind of longer games, like No Way's Kingdom Hearts. 
I, 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 you don't turn around and go to somebody, what you got on EGX from? They go Kingdom Hearts, unless they're a true fan, you know? Same with Metro. It's no a reason, it's no reason to buy a ticket, if you know what I mean, in, in that sense. Um, I do think Metro had the best looking stand, though. It was on on brand, as I think the, uh, yeah. is what the professionals would uh, would say about the stand. Uh, it was, it was good. I was, um, if you're talking to stands, I was disappointed that Strange Brigade didn't take their stand again. It's four space. It's four space and how much they're charging for it, you know? All right, then, Stu, go on then. What's, um, what's your regret of the show? Uh, regret, regret or annoyance, uh, take your pick, but uh, to, to piggyback on Ali's comment, um, Untitled Goose Game was 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 like the golden goose for me, <laughs> and the fact that I didn't get to try it, and it took my girlfriend, which is uh, not a, a clear cut tale as well, to, took her to Sunday for it. Um, there was it was it was promoed on the the big screen before you entered the event, so it had a presence, a travel aid as a, as a main title, so people queuing to get in knew it existed. So when you get into the event. It was not really signposted that it was on a switch and a corner, and then itself had a queue which was a mile long, and then to add insult to injury, what happened to my girlfriend got to point was instead of getting on solo time, they decided to group people up into groups of four, so she got two and a half minutes playing it after about an hour wait, and I, really? I find that to be really, I find that to highlight the problem with the show. It's got stuff you want, but it just, it, instead of, like, they had eight machines running Diablo. No, Diablo's an HD remake port, blah, blah, blah. Two machines running Diablo would have been fine, and you could have put un, uh, Untitled Goose on another, on four of them. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a title people want to play. And it, it just felt really backwards about how they handled it, because it was, just, the thing about the Nintendo stand is there were lots of titles, but they were all on one unit. And that's not how you win this game, you know what I mean? Because, like, like No More Heroes had a queue as well every day I went to go play it. Because nobody was queuing to play Doom, Skyrim, Bayonetta 2, or uh, Dark Souls, because all four of them are out, you know? So it's only No, no More Heroes people wanted to play. And it was queued, so why not have five machines running No More Heroes? And fair dues, if the game's out, and it's been out for some time, then you don't need to worry. Maybe Dark Souls, maybe, you'd argue, should be there, but the rest of them, I think... It shouldn't. Well, do you know I mean, given the choice between a newer title to be demoed or those, I would take the newer title over those. You know what I mean? Um, but it was just, it was just annoying at the end of the day because it, they should have had more units running the games than what they had with the Nintendo stand, and I think that that's reflected uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much way untitled Goose title, untitled Goose game, even, um, and the fact that it was just a, a farce, farce. I think it's one thing we could all say that there definitely should always be more, uh, more consoles or more PCs running the running the software. But it's the it's 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 back to what you said actually earlier on, isn't it? It's space. It's what can they cram in? It it is a public event. It's not a press show, um, and it's nice to see the new titles and the unreleased because really you're right. They've got to be there to plug them, but. I think because it is such a public event, I get what Nintendo did. It's 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 family focused. It's this is everything we have on our Switch. Go and buy one for Christmas. It's it feels a little bit like that. They should have looked yeah. at day one and saw the queue for that and went right, guys. Overnight, let's uh, set up an R two or three. Yeah, there's units. no yeah, not to say they can't pick up and learn from it during the weekend. But. Yeah. 
because that's the thing, it's, it doesn't evolve. It's Because like, even we said the placement of the unit was no the best because it was a very precarious angle and it wasn't great and we said if they, only, if they would have turned it around 90 degrees it would have been better for the queue and for the, just waiting to play yeah. it, you know. Um, even for the awareness of the title being there, you know, because um, it just it just felt strange. Um, and I think as well, with it being a kind of indie title, like I buy indie guy, I buy that the indies have a, a finite amount of space, ability, and power. But the fact Nintendo are are, are, are arguably the, the second largest stand at the show, you know, it was Sony, Nintendo, and then Sega. You know what I mean? As I, I said as well, it's like it was weird. It was like walking back in time because when was the last time Sega and Nintendo had the biggest stands at any show other than 92? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think uh, Bandai Namco gave them a run for the money. Mm, yeah. There was, a big, there was a big showing from them. Yeah. Was it as big as Nintendo? It's probably not. No, they didn't have as much as Nintendo. Well, when Nintendo had a live stage, yeah, you yeah, know, did, that was the yeah. thing. Sony, Sony, and Nintendo both had stages um, where they put on shows. Put <laughs> <laughs> uh, this way, I was queuing for Spyro on Saturday and Sunday, and the show was some poor kid getting a mohawk haircut, like the guy out of COD, and I'm going, "This is entertainment." <laughs> But you couldn't just, take your eyes away, could you? Oh, it was great. I'm sitting there going, yep, that child's getting his head shaven into the quick, and I'm like, what is this about? You know what I mean? So, question then, to wrap this up, would you go next year? Yes. Yeah, it's not a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to seasoned vets, eh? Yeah, I mean, that, that was my loving show, you know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm here for the long run. I think that was my... Eighth or ninth show. Yeah. I think Stu's got one or two on me. But yeah. But to be but to be fair, as I said at the show, it, it seems to be going for a trend of good year, bad year. Well, in quotation marks. Yeah. Good year, bad year. Last year was a good year. The year before, right, so last year was a good year. The year before that was a bad year. This year isn't really going to be a Hall of Famer um, for, 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 for just reasons, you know what I mean? Um, I enjoyed myself. It was a great weekend and stuff. Blah blah blah. I got good content, but I, I, if you ask me, what was your walk? Because every this is a thing as well. Personal thing is, I, I like every show to have a defining moment. So I, when I think back in my mind, I can go: Year one was the year I met Nolan North. Year two was the year uh, appeared. No, year one I appeared. I appeared in the Apprentice. Uh, year two was no one North. Uh, year four was when I went on outside the Xbox. Year five was when I met. Uh, Frank Miller, uh, Frank Miller, no Frank Miller, uh, Frank O'Connor for Halo. Do you know what I mean? So these are pivotal points, and it kind of makes you go, yeah, that's what that was all worth. It was worth it for that pure moment. This year just didn't have anything like that. They didn't, it was just a lack of everything, really. No real marquee names really turning up. But I know the, you could argue the Destiny team turned up, like five guys for Destiny. But you're talking about you spent the weekend with us. Yeah, I know that, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then, to flip side that, the five guys for Destiny turned up and went on to the live stage. The half a rare, half a rare were there doing a, a speech, but they get contrated into the bloody res stage session. Yeah. It's, 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 it's bad and say it's, it's like, why why were Sea of Thieves not on the main stage? That's a big enough pool to have people on the main... Like, they should have a big enough pool to do us talk on the stage about Sea of Thieves and see they go into the, re, the, the, the indie section. Because you could argue, well, why is 
rare in the indie section stage, taking away for an indie dev that could be doing a wee talk, you know? Okay. So we're all definitely going back next year. Good yeah, or bad, yes. we're going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so before we finish, I have um, a bit of... A, well, my phone's rung a couple of times whilst um, whilst we've been doing this, and I think we've been left a voicemail from Andy. So I think he's genuinely phoning this one in. Hey. Let's hand over to him. Voicemail received. Hi, Matt. It's Andy. I'm stuck in a meeting, so I'm not going to be able to join you for today's podcast recording. Yay! I think I want to discuss my highs and lows from EGX, so I'll leave them here and maybe you can draw them in. My three best bits from EGX 2018 in no particular order. Firstly, well, obviously, uh, getting to play Hitman 2 was a real treat. I um, got to play the whole Miami mission, no time constraints, and it was, it was great, and it looks fantastic, uh, especially considering it's got about 2,000 non-player characters in that level. Um, also like the return of the picture-in-picture. Picture. Um, felt like it'd really unleash your inner cloned assassin by setting a trap and then moving on to another target rather than having to watch and wait. So uh, if you desire, you can do that. It's a bit more like blood money, but better. Uh, secondly, interviewing uh, Revolution Software's Charles Cecil, the creator of Broken Sword and Beneath the Steel Sky, was an amazing experience. Uh, he spoke very openly and honestly about the industry and how some publishers in the past have underestimated the wants and needs of gamers. Uh, and I threatened him with physical violence uh, because of that sodding goat puzzle. Finally, we got to play what is possibly my favourite couch co-op game of all time. Uh, it was in the left field collection, Sticky Cats. That's all I need to say, really. Sticky cats. My biggest regret of EGX was not actually being able to play Untitled Goose Game. It's it's amazing that such an unassuming indie game became the darling of EGX. Um, there were massive queues for the one Switch console on the Nintendo stand that was running it, and we we got to play so many great games, uh, and we interviewed so many brilliant devs. But I I just didn't have the time to go back and queue for for Untitled Goose Game, so. That really disappointed me. Um, I hope that's okay. I'll have to do for now because I've got to go, but uh, I'll, I'll speak to you later. All right, bye. We're going to finish this off now. Uh, how about can people get in touch with you guys? Uh, I am uh, at corn underscore wolf on Twitter. And I'm at furious on every platform under the sun. Something that furious C3. Yeah. Yeah. Not eight. Yeah. And of yeah. course, in the Scottish sun every Sunday. Yes, and on Scotch Corner, as I am curated quite professionally over at Codec Moments. <laughs> and I'm at Codec Moments on Twitter. Um, if you want to get in touch with a guy who just couldn't be bothered turning up for the podcast, he's Clinical Andy on Twitter. And we'll all be back soon. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye bye. Catches.